Yeah, my audacity is like 20 minutes uh, already. This is good, I like it. This is good content, you're, you're gonna be able to cut together something. What a time to be alive. It is literally a time. My dad at least, like, I've been working on radicalizing him for like five years now. He's like, anytime we talk about politics or whatever, he like repeatedly apologizes for like how his generation like left such a shitty world in the press. My mom is radicalized, but in like a doomer way. Like she comes home and turns on the news and she watches it and she just yells it and she says all the politicians are lying and they're all corrupt, you know, capitalist bullshit artists. I'm like, yeah, mom, I that's mean, true. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, mom, you're right. You don't have to watch the news every night though, mom. You can turn it off. Hey, uh, stop me if you've heard this one, but have you ever been part of a political party that you, you know, you're, you're invested in and then suddenly you find out that they've been sabotaged from the inside the entire time? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm from Hungary and democracy died there like 12 years ago. Or like, not democracy, but like the, the idea that elective democracy is anything. This is a great fun called Open So Far. Uh, are we all looking at the big clock? <laughs> I'm on bigclock.com now. I'm on, I... Accidentally typed in bigcocks.com and I don't I don't hate it. I think that's illegal. I might just keep looking at the big clock to remind us of the passage of time. That shit's fake. I'm gonna try hard to keep it a tight two hours. Only three chapters this week. No way we'll go that long again. Is that me? I don't know who that is, but it's bad. You're beeping. Mm, staticky. You're buzzing. There's bees in your mic. Bees. Bees are eggs, I don't know. Bees are oh yeah, the honeycombs. The honeycombs. Honeycomb, right. Uh, the bees are others. Bees are spiders. Shit. What is it? Is it like it's kind of a sick beat. Let me go run and get some coffee and a slice of bread. We will eventually start. True, true professionals at work here. Oh, this is a nice peacock. All along, Ceci was risky. I can't believe it. It's the soothing power of the peacock. I have other podcast notes, but most importantly, just the word bunghole. And Tauruses and eggs the same? Horses are eggs. Are, are grunge people still a thing? I think there should be an embargo on podcasts. Dude, everybody is stealing poor people's skis right now. Like, what the fuck? They were restricting eggs at my market, too. What does it all mean? How am I supposed to get a dragon like this? Okay, do we start the episode? Books. This is a book that came out in uh, the year 2000. The third book in the series is the longest book in the series in my books. In the novels, write the book in the first book. Books. In the uh, books. Books. The fifth book is about to come out. Two books. And in the books. He does that in the books, too. Welcome to a song of babies and puppies. This is the world's first and hopefully last uh, song of ice and fire. Reread podcast um, brought to you by people from the internet. My name is Janos, aka Sir Andrew Tart Weber. <laughs> I don't get that one. Hi, I'm Chaz, also known as uh, Schlonklo. <laughs> <laughs> Very strong. And my next, uh, uh, my name is Emmanuel. Also known as Wounded and Taken Prisoner. Aww. <laughs> I'm Kay, and I can match Lord Tywin baby for puppy and come out 19 and a half ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, my name is Rainer, and uh, I know Maesters who use subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> so the joke of Sir Andrew Tarth Webber is, is that Sir Andrew Tarth was a character here and that I talk about Andrew Lloyd Webber a lot on my other podcasts. So this is a bit of crossover content if you oh, okay oh, it's some cross promotion shit mm. how's everyone doing this week yeah uh, we just started fine. so yeah. bad <laughs> making the uh, best of things you know <laughs> are you also like in a in a in a state where you're constantly forgetting what day it is because yeah it all just like yeah animal crossing is There's the no... only way that i know what day yeah. it is <laughs> True, yeah, yeah, but like even that, like I forgot uh, to mm. like check the turnip prices this Sunday. So 
Yeah. On the day where there was a fishing tourney, I caught two fish, and then I said, fuck this. Because, oh, like, half of the things I caught were still eggs. Anyway, it's finally over. <laughs> Wait, you got eggs in the fishing tourney? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I did it, like, six times. I never got any eggs. Huh, did you use bait? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that, when you use bait, you don't get them. But I didn't mm. have baits at me. Uh, I didn't know <laughs> I how the fishing tourney works. It. I didn't know how it worked. I just made some bait because it seemed useful for fishing. Yeah, I just didn't have them at hand. And I was like, the first, at the moment I started talking with the fish guy, he, he just like coaxed me into uh, <laughs> taking <laughs> part in the <laughs> fish tourney. Wait, is it an actual fish guy? No, he's hmm? a beaver. Yeah. Okay, because I, I like was going to say... He just really likes fish. He buys all the fish for like better prices and He's funny. He's his his gimmick is that he like does esports, but he calls it like sea sports or yeah. whatever. He's like a live streamer, but it's the stream is like water. It's funny. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that classic Nintendo joke of we're gonna cut five corners with this joke. The classic Nintendo joke of reference. Yeah. <laughs> I said, because you said fish guy, and I was like, it's a, a Animal Crossing. No, he's not, he knows, he's not literal fish. He's the, a fish guy, the like guy, Tully. Oh. the guy who's really into fish. Right. But like, not sexually. Right. I think making, making a fish cute is, is pretty hard to do. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't fish think are cute. so. Uh, I think, I mean, a, I think a, 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 a dolphin is pretty maybe cute. or something, but like. <laughs> I see a cat, I want to touch it. They got they little kissy funny little faces. whiskers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's octopus cute. villagers, and they're kind of cute sometimes. Is there a turtle kind villager? Kind of a great tray one. Tortimer? He's not really a villager, though. But he's a character. No, because I'm just thinking what uh, what, what kind of Animal Crossing villager George would be into. Oh. Um... What, if, what if Squidward was a Greyjoy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we do have, it's pretty fucked up that you can... You can catch squid, but you can have octopi as, or octo, octopodes, octopuses as villagers. Well, you can catch, like, fish and tadpoles, and there's fish villagers. I mean, sorry, mm. frogs and tadpoles, and there's frog yeah, villagers. and there's frog villagers. Anyway, uh, there's, there's some <laughs> George updates on the internet. George is letting us know he's still alive. George is letting us know he's still alive by... Uh, George tweeted out a very cute video of... It's just a phone filmed vertical video of a peacock and he called that peacock Master P and people up with George Lore will know that he uh, tweets and posts about Master P a lot. He wrote something to brighten your day. Master P finally came out to show us the fabulous tail he's been growing. And it's a very pretty image of a peacock. Uh, the replies don't like it. But the replies on the video on YouTube do like it. Those are like the real fans, because they clicked through. There's only five of them, but yeah. they're yeah. all into it. All the Twitter replies are like, when will George come out and show us his fabulous tale? <laughs> that he's been That's, I'm going to give him that one. That one's not too bad. <laughs> you don't even know. Give me that one. I came up with that. I, don't, I didn't read the Twitter replies. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Good job, Manuel. Very funny. Very funny. Did laugh. A nice joke. Uh, he also, like, we clicked through to this YouTube channel and there's also a different one that just has the ominous title of IMG3974. <laughs> but it also okay. features what down. I suspect is George's turtle. And uh, 
it's a very strange video. I recommend everyone to go to the YouTube and type in IMG3974. That <laughs> <laughs> will give it to you. True. Uh, there's also some like more reputable news sites like theexpress.co.uk, uh, George Simpson. That's also my been... favorite George news site, I think. Yeah. It's, it takes a George to write about George, as we always say. In <laughs> uh, this news article... Uh, references the coronavirus update that George gave a few weeks ago. But uh, this guy, George Simpson, really checked all the sources and found out about someone uh, whom he credits as a Song of Ice and Fire expert and insider Brynden Beefish. <laughs> insider. <laughs> Our favorite guy. How is he an insider? Our special boy. <laughs> Does he like... Is he, like, posting things like, my uncle who works for George? <laughs> He's, like, the I mean, Q of the Song of Ice and Fire fandom. I mean, his name is in the book, so he must be an insider. <laughs> <laughs> He's the actual Brandon Blackfish, so... So jot that down. Yeah. The amazing insider inf info that he wrote on the Song of Ice and Fire Reddit is, Here's the thing. Gurm isn't social distancing due to COVID-19. From what I understand, he's been up in his mountain cabin for months since the fall, working on the winds of winter. After his convention tours and media appearance in summer fall 2019, Gurm came back to Santa Fe, and he sequestered himself up in his cabin with one writing assistant. So, uh, Mr. Simpson claims here that George has already been at the social distancing way before the pandemic started. Uh, so, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Beefish, uh, for this insider info. I hope George is doing great, though. Hope he blesses us with more Master P content in the near future. <laughs> I don't want a book. I would only like to see the bird. I want the book. What if his next book was just about peacocks? <laughs> oh, that would be so good. If there isn't a peacock in the next book, I'll be mad. A song I'd be rioting. peacocks and turtles. <laughs> it would be so fun to have like a Donkey X style uh, books that are just about like two animal friends. Ooh. Would like, they written be by George? Be like a lizard, like, like anthrop tortoise, anthropomorphic, sure. or like George become furry writer? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I mean he's been towing the line for a while. All these bears and wolves and lions. Yeah. And he's just been all the, begging. All the knights just wearing like uh, animal-shaped <laughs> helmets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're like vampire times furries. I mean, Flamet Brax is, is basically a horse furry. Yeah. I mean, one of the Mormons did have sex with the bear. <laughs> they all did. Okay. They loved it. Did we read anything? I didn't. I've <laughs> heard of it. I've heard of the book. Alright, so we read a Kathleen chapter, and a John chapter, and a Daenerys chapter, so that's gonna be two really fun ones, and one that's not fun at all. Mm. So, yeah. like, right. content warning well, already ahead. Yeah. It, it has the best character in the series in it, but otherwise it's pretty bad. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, Raven. Okay. You need to get, go through a bunch of horrible content to get to, yeah. get to our Angel Miri. Okay, okay. We can start with the, the Catelyn chapter, since we have to get through that, too. But it's good. Okay, so, when we last left Catelyn, she was deciding to stay with Rob and help him instead of go to 
help Ned or help her daughters or help her other sons. And she's still kind of reflecting at that at the beginning of the chapter. She's just like, you know, I have to focus on Rob because he's the one who's here and all the other ones are a little out of my reach at the moment. So they are on the way doing their, you know, the war stuff. And they have to get across the big river. What's the big river called? Is it just the fork? Green fork? The green yeah, the fork, green fork or something like that? Yep. Well, anyway, there's a big river and they have to get across to get to River Run, where uh, Catelyn's brother and father are in trouble. But, of course, to get across the river, they have to go through the Twins, which is the big, important uh, bridge of the phrase. And then she kind of gives us the the history of the bridge, which is pretty interesting. She goes through, you know, the Frey family kind of had not that much power or sway in the world, and they took three generations building a bridge, and now they leverage it over everyone forever, which is pretty funny. And everyone is pissed about it, but they can't do anything because they don't have a bridge. <laughs> I mean, you could just build another bridge, I guess. But... <laughs> it would take three generations. Yeah. Build boat. That kind of time. Yeah, build boat. Build boat. Build big raft. You can can only build. You can only build one bridge per century. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tom Nook. (laughs) (laughs) If you tried to build another bridge, the phrase would get so fucking pissed. They would destroy you. Yeah, probably. And there's so many of them. Yeah, they would they would they would send, you know, fifty sons to your bridge to kick it over immediately. <laughs> Destroy that bridge and build another bridge ten meters down the river from that bridge. <laughs> this uh, whole chapter yeah. is like George pulling up his uh NPC name spreadsheet. I mean half of half of them are just named water. Yes, yeah, a lot of waters here. Their phrases are funny, they're evil but they're funny. Yeah. You get thirty two. They're highly fertile. <laughs> You get 10,000 frizz. No more, no less. <laughs> you get 57 waters. The frizz are like in in Jojo when Okuyasu's brother has like, my stand isn't strong, but there's so <laughs> many of them. If I just keep throwing suns at you, eventually yeah. you will be destroyed. And the frizz are also pretty bad company. So that's it. Hey. Know, they're, they're all hey. mean because they're all just like trying to destroy each other. You know in Minecraft how you can have okay. like a thing of chickens and it spawns a bunch of chickens? Um, the phrase are like that, uh-huh. but with fray children. <laughs> oh. I wish you could do that with <laughs> You children. throw an egg at the ju- ground and a fray pops out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just randomly spawn the phrase. <laughs> yeah. They're all just... All the NPCs in Westeros are just fray children. Probably. Probably within like a couple of generations that's exactly true. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, they they get to, so the twins are like, you know, these two buildings, like one on either side of the bridge that kind of defend the bridge and make sure no one can go across it without their proof or permission. So, uh, Catelyn and Rob and their friends and their army get to whichever side they're on and they beg to go across the bridge and the son of the Frey Lord comes out and says... Whoever's in charge can come in. And Rob says, I'm in charge. And the son is like, mm-hmm. Baby boy in charge. <laughs> Me a child, I'm in charge. 
And Catelyn's like, mm, actually, I think my baby boy will not go in and talk to Walder Frey. <laughs> I think that I will go in instead, because I think I might be a little bit better at this than him. And she yeah. kind of, yeah, she kind of, like, de- deftly lies to everyone and is like, well, I've known Lord Walder for, since I was a baby, so we're best friends. He would never hurt me. I think this is a good play for us. So Rob is like, okay, mommy, you can go. (laughs) (laughs) Mother, help me get across the bridge. (laughs) Mommy, may I have a bridge? (laughs) Mommy, may I have passage across the bridge? (laughs) We'll see, dear. I'll go talk to the big bad man for you. So Catelyn goes in the castle and meets the big bad man, who is funny old Walder Frey, who's... Like 90 or something, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's 90. 90. Yeah. A wizened pale weasel. Oh, that would have been a good nickname. But yeah, he's like, he can't walk because of his gout. And he's bald and old, but he's his brain seems that it mostly works, at least. Because he talks his, very his, well. And yeah. His brain and his still dick fertile. still work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his dick do work. <laughs> and he tells everyone about it. And he has a brand new 16-year-old wife, and everyone loves to see mm, that, of course. Loves that. She's apparently the eighth Lady Frey, so he has had, you know, eight wives and 10,000 children. I'm sure the math checks out there. Yeah, I mean, the children also have, yeah. like, a ton of other children. He, like, can't keep, uh, can't even keep them apart at this point. Like, he talks about how, like, uh, my grandson Walder and my other grandson Walder all named after me yeah he's like oh they're all named after me to try to get my favor eh, yeah it's not really working it's funny the novelty uh, wears off after a while I know <laughs> yeah oh, no, <laughs> the all... first nine Walders eh, but there's but number I bet ten if Walder one of them doesn't name any of them Walder he's like why isn't one named Walder you don't like me it's a trap. <laughs> they could at least change it up a little, like George, like make a, a wilder or something like that. They do Walda r- first daughters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, just It'd be like just the Targaryens. Change it, change it yeah. around. Like Waldmon. Yeah, yeah. We need some like white woman, white woman creativity here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spelling it with three Ys. Wilder. Yeah. They could spell it like the movie The Witch, where it's like two V's. So it's like the Walder. V V Y. L D Y R. I think like a fun um, game with like pretentious Song of Ice and Fire fans would be like uh, get get uh, Brendan Batfish and uh, <laughs> fucking George Simpson in a room <laughs> and. Uh, Make them make them write down as many Frey names as they can in like a minute, and whoever gets <laughs> the most right wins and, Reddit and, or something. But I win by just writing Walder down twenty times, and they get so mad. <laughs> <laughs> that would make them so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. Like, uh, what's the like? What's the big? Nu- what's the biggest number or something? And Tywin and uh, Ned are like uh, three, and Walder is like one thousand sons. <laughs> but yeah, Catelyn. Okay, we're in the chapter still. Catelyn goes inside. She meets the terrible old man, and she says, "One bridge, please." <laughs> and he says, "Absolutely not." He's like, he's haggling. You know, he's trying to get her to. 
prostrate her and self and give him whatever she, he wants. So he's like, oh, I don't have to let you cross the bridge. If I was smart, I would just let Tywin kill you. And she's... And she, Catelyn fucking calls the bluff and says, fucking, why don't you let the Lannisters kill us then? And he's like, eh, well, actually, I hate Tywin probably more than I hate uh, Starks. Which is relatable. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's valid. Yeah, he's just like, Tywin has only two sons and one of them is shit, yeah. <laughs> you have one and a half sons, idiot. Sons, Look at yeah. all my sons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my and sons also, can beat up your yeah. sons. Yeah. He hates how, like, full of himself Tywin is as if he's not the same but he's like Tywin says he doesn't fart I fart all the time <laughs> <laughs> he's down to earth you know he's one with the people just a real a dude you can get a beer with as they say <laughs> yeah <laughs> man why why do all the people that I go out and have beer with commit war crimes <laughs> so confusing that? maybe it's the beer uh, oh maybe it is the it's beer it's breaking edge <laughs> They're putting chemicals in the beer to make our friggin' frogs war criminals. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else, Kay? I mean, basically, the whole chapter is just Catelyn is like, well, please can we cross the bridge? And Walder Frey is like, remember when I had five other sons and a daughter and you wouldn't. Walder Frey get is married. like one of those characters in the in a video game that you need to talk to but they just have too much dialogue yeah you gotta mash through this like, dialogue <laughs> yeah Catelyn is just mashing the dialogue button to get through the cutscene and there's yeah. occasionally like those, a like... word like highlighted that she's like oh I can react to this one yeah. yeah it's one of those walls of dialogue where I feel that George is gonna be hiding stuff in it and you have to go back and have a look because you might miss something I mean, I really like the dialogue because I feel like it characterizes him incredibly well. Mm. Like, yeah. the dialogue almost really has funny. no, like, yeah, it's it's amusing, even though he's evil. And yeah. it's also, I feel like I get an incredibly good idea of his character, even without, like, almost no exposition on the part of, like, the narrator or George himself. Just, like, it's basically yeah. all just dialogue, but you know exactly what kind of guy this guy is. Mm-hmm. He's also, like, one of those characters where I hate to give it to the show but they kind of nailed him oh yeah uh, he was pretty yeah. good in the show i think yeah he's like an old british character actor so they're like usually pretty good at this never seen the show so i can't speak to that <laughs> what show <laughs> don't know That's what you're show? talking about yeah <laughs> i don't watch tv i work out at the library <laughs> exclusively i don't even own a television yeah yeah so anyway basically the the gist of what walder Frey says is that he feels like he and his family have not been respected by the great houses so catelyn says uh, our great houses will respect you by giving you um, some of your grandsons can go live at uh, Winterfell. Yeah, yeah. Come to my house and your sons can be friends with my son. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of, yeah, they get a squire and then Arya will marry a Frey and Rob will marry a Frey. And Rob, you know, has absolutely sure no happens. say in the matter, but... <laughs> He says, all right, mommy, thank you for getting me bridge. I will marry this fray. And Catelyn says, good job, my boy. I'm so proud of you. And then they go across bridge. End of chapter. Yeah, it's like she starts talking about like all these details of the agreement she made with Walder. And she starts out with, well, you have to spare some, uh, some men to escort them. And Drop's like, okay, what else? 
uh, well, Esquire. Okay, what else? Well, uh, and you know, Bran <laughs> is gonna have to play with the freak. It's okay, what else? Well, Arya has to marry someone, and that was like the first part where Rob's like, Arya won't like that. Well, Arya's probably dead. And so then she fine. drops the info that he also has to marry someone he doesn't want to. Yeah, but I mean, she finagled it, so Rob gets to pick whichever daughter he wants, so that's a pretty yeah. good deal. Some of them that's are pretty hot deal. as well. Probably. Catelyn is like, Bran will have to share his Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Mom said it's no longer your turn on the Xbox. They will have to buy a third controller, yeah. You know they're going to give Bran the shitty controller. Is is Walter going to make, going to leave some of his, like, uh, like, uh, better looking... uh, kids to rob too or does it like because it says he has a number he thinks might be suitable and i don't know what the might be suitable in he probably means by age yeah because i mean like this guy obviously like sucks in a tremendous amount of Mm. shit but he's also like kind of a reasonable man in that he's just he's kind of just trying to marry off his million children (laughs) that's like his number one goal he has to marry them all to be yeah and he has some line about how, like, his new wife will give him a son or a daughter, but that can't be helped, which is kind of progressive of a lord to say, honestly. Yeah. He's like, well, if I have a daughter, that's fine, too. He's playing uh, Crusader Kings 2 on, like, <laughs> such expert mode that you're... Because usually in, when you play it, like, your character's going to die at like, at, like, 50 or something. So you can't, you're only going to have to, like, marry off, like, three children to other houses. He's playing to a point where your character gets really old and you have to do marriage pacts like all the fucking time. Like that's the, that's what the gameplay becomes here. What if there's a feudal hierarchy, but they're all just your children? Okay. Basically, so... is that's what's happening here. He's like min-maxing uh, the son part. It's Full Metal Alchemist when it has all the Empress children and they've all got to try and figure out who's going to be the next Emperor. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Because cause he does have, like, a an, like an heir. Like, Stevron is his name oh. or something. Yeah. But all the time he's like, what if I disinherited you? <laughs> you better make me like you, or someone yeah. else can be the heir immediately. One of them has to give him immortality. Pretty much. But then none of them will ever be in charge. Stevron is such a shitty dopey name. Stevron? I think yeah. it's okay. It's better than whatever that other guy's name was. Edgard or whatever. Edmure. No. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Fucking an Andrew? Andrew. <laughs> Andrew with an E, yeah. I know, it's so dumb. We'll, we'll get to him. Uh, yeah, Danwell is also kind of a weird one. I mean, if a Sam can be well, why can't a Dan? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's a Jared. Because one of my other nicknames I considered was Pro Jared Frey. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh. That one's challenging. He would be a free, yeah. Yeah, because he can't stop fucking. I like the Sir Perwin name. Perwin is okay. It's like Perwin. a kitty, a, a kitty knight. Sir so Perwin <laughs> be like, yeah. <laughs> so there's a tennis drop here. He brings up the the thing about where uh, Lord Erin's baby boy is, is, was supposed to be fostered again, and Catelyn is. Oh yeah. Is, is like Kellen is so into this mystery I don't remember this meaning fucking anything in the end Mm. but she's like Stannis and he's like yes fucking Stannis I told you 
can't remember how it shakes out in the end, or if it is actually relevant to anything apart from the it, Ned I mystery. Don't think. So. I mean, he ended up being, being fostered at neither of these places, so it's just two different ideas that were considered, and none of them came true. So okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll write down a, a spoiler reminder because I think yeah, it means I, like one one thing. Yeah, exactly. But I think it it ties it into into like one part of the mystery in like a yeah. Like a way that it it is relevant, but the relevance is not whether it's Tywin or Stannis. Okay, we'll talk about that later. It was kind of funny that uh, that George was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out like one more, uh, like this one once again. I'm gonna throw out throw in like a part of this mystery that probably most of my readers don't really care at this point. Like this is not." This is not on top our top priority after what happened in the last like Ned chapter. The the Ned chapter ends very ominously. Yeah. And then and then it's cat time. Yeah, like when I when I read this for the first time I was like so in shock about like what the fuck is gonna happen to Ned? That I didn't like care about the detective mysteries solution anymore. I was just about is he gonna be okay? I think that these chapters do kind of transition well into each other because it's like Ned is oh, definitely. like, yeah. Ned Ned is in jail, worried about his family and his daughter, and then it goes right into Cat, worried about Ned and her family and their kids. Mm. And then goes into John, worried about Ned and his siblings. It's like there's a bit in the court report uh, that you don't know what to use it for, and it's just there, and you spend the whole time like, yeah. what is this about? Yeah, I think it's only gonna be like actually resolved in like two books. Yeah, like the brand thing. Um, do we want to, like, talk about the twins or something, like, the place? You mean just the twins as, like, talking about how we like the castle? Like, how are we going to Yeah, because we talked about the other castle castles scale? so much. That's true. I mean, like I said, I think it's very funny that they built this bridge for the exclusive purpose of getting one up on everyone else in the land. Mm. I mean, it's a good business model, <laughs> apparently. So. I mean, it's a good plan. I can respect Whoever's idea it, yeah. that was was you know very forward thinking. It's like yeah, and it's a really like long time plan to get leverage on people, and I, I enjoyed that part about it. You have to like eat shit for like three generations until you uh, <laughs> until everyone is gonna like kneel in front of you to and like make every offer to get just to get across your stupid bridge. It's like owning the only company. I haven't heard the important part you yeah, cut out me there. Yeah, uh, Yeah. It's like owning the only Arab company. Did you say oil or onion? <laughs> uh, okay, okay. It's like owning the only aeroplane company. Oh, okay. Oh. True, yeah. yeah. But what if you own the only onion company? <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is like having a dragon. Yeah, it's like owning, yeah. owning the only dragon company. <laughs> dragon Monopoly. <laughs> And the whole, like, uh, dragon airplane part is going to pay off beautifully when uh, Davos is going to do the uh, airplane navigation signs for the dragon <laughs> in uh, uh, Dream of Spring. I mean, he he basically owned the only the only onion company at one point and True. kind of yeah. profited from it. <laughs> yeah, they, he had to do some, like, you know, underhanded trading to get past the embargoes and the, and the tariffs, but he got through... I can't wait for them to nationalize Danny's dragons. Why is there no fair <laughs> distribution of dragons? 
I guess spoilers for uh, Danny getting dragons. If you live in a, a place where you don't know anything about uh, this media property. Oh yeah. Huh, whoops. Yeah, it's technically a spoiler, but you can't like avoid the having not seen even like a poster of Game of Thrones where Danny has the dragon. So you know. <laughs> I know. I probably could if I. Uh, maybe not. If you I go on like any Twitter thread, there's like gifs of dragons. Yeah. Or, you know, if you go to any film class, like, they'll show you the very important scene. <laughs> God damn it. What if you went to film uh, class and you're like, oh, fucking spoilers. I feel that, I feel that constantly. And, like, that, 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 like, actually happens. You're gonna get spoiled for a lot of shit because you can't watch every movie. Mm-hmm. So you are gonna, like, get spoiled for Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. which has a big twist ending. Oh, wow, a big twist <laughs> it's not really a twist yeah like it some people say it's a twist but like actually it only makes sense in context so you know spoilers is fake that's my that's yeah, my I actual opinion like most spoilers are if, if a spoiler like actually spoils the movie for you then it's not a good movie like if it actually ruins the experience yeah i, mean, I feel like there's two experiences you can have basically and there's one unspoiled and one where you already know what happens And a lot of the time, that second experience is still very good. But if you miss out on ever having the first one, that can kind of suck sometimes. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's fun to go into things not knowing anything about it. Yeah, like, you know, we all have fun doing the theories because we don't know what the real truth is. Yeah. I think that's what's fun about not knowing what will happen. You get to use your own brain and think about it. But you can still do, like, fan fiction yeah. if you know what happens for real or in canon. Yeah. You can just ignore what happens in canon and <laughs> make your own story up. Yeah. I mean, that's the only valid way to engage with media. Finally. We've all transcended. Spoilers for my fan fiction where Drogo is just a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've seen this. <laughs> Danny simply marries a nice man and has a nice life. And three dragon puppies. <laughs> She gets three puppies. My fan fiction is where, like, uh, Ned actually beheads Jorah in, like, when he does the thing. Yeah. He's, he's like, hey, there's some molten gold left over. Jorah, get over here. <laughs> That's good. Uh, any other thoughts on the cat chapter, or should we move on to J- Jonathan Snow? Uh, all my thoughts on the cat chapter are, I like you, cat. You are my mom. Boogie woogie woogie. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I like how she how she took this into her hand. Like, there's also a, a part where she like really, like where she like actually thinks he's my he's my baby boy about Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Which I enjoy a lot. Yeah. So yeah, the next chapter is John, and uh, if you remember the last time we saw John, he had like a bit of a bit of a hand mishap. <laughs> Uh, so this starts with like uh, like Mormon saying, oh, "How's your head doing, John?" Uh, and he's like, "Well, it's bandaged and it's like burned because I like fucking put my hand into the fire to uh, to to kill that thing." And yeah, he like he got milk of the puppy once again. He has like nightmares about uh, about his hand burning, like his. Well, like not about his hand burning, but like he has, he has nightmares about that uh, the thing he fought, uh, and it pre- exactly it precisely says that in the dream the corpse he fought had blue eyes, black hands, and his father's face. So that's like, 
I underline that one. It's like big. Does this mean anything? <laughs> Moment. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's probably fine. I wonder. What, I wonder what John's father's face looks like. <laughs> John like says like what it meant. He could not say, but it troubled him. <laughs> yeah. What do dreams mean? Probably nothing. <laughs> kind of freaky though, like... huh? <laughs> kind of, kind of a theme in this. Kind of a theme in this chapter, John is thinking like, this yeah. probably means something, but I don't get it. <laughs> I'm baby. This is me when we do the spoiler section. The whole, like, I, I really like John's arc in this book. I think I mentioned this, like, when we first talked about him. But it's, like, such a good uh, coming-of-age story where he, like, learns a new lesson every chapter. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of those. Like, this is the... This is kind of like an extension of the John Becomes Marxist chapter earlier. <laughs> I think for a, in a lot of respect. So, yeah, so then like uh, Mormon, like Joe Mormon says, um, or like John asks him about how there was a letter because he's like worried it's about Ned. But Mormon's like, nah, if it was if it was about your father, I would have told you already. It's just about Sir Barristan, how his not in the it's you know, what happened in the Sansa chapter I think so that is not in the uh, Kingsguard anymore Mormont is like really upset about how Joffrey is on the Iron Throne now and then like John asks yeah but what, what's up with my family and he's like well nothing they didn't mention anything about him so it's probably everything is good yeah no news is good news <laughs> Yeah, that's what yeah. they say. I mean, that's basically the opposite of the yeah. dark wings, dark words thing, right? If someone tells you something, it's bad. And if no one tells you anything, it's good. <laughs> that's absolutely how it is. Um, and then John has like, is like thinking about Rob and how he's going into battle. And John is like feeling really conflicted about being at the war while... Uh, while Rob is like going south, uh, and then the Raven says corn, which did we talk about that? The corn thing. The Raven says corn, so it's probably the Raven likes corn. He he just likes corn. It probably doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Actually, they talk about like later in the chapter that it probably does mean something. <laughs> yeah, and then Jor Mormont is like, hey, hey, I I I have this sword. That I got from my father, and that my father got from his father, and that he got from his father, and that I give to my shitty son, but he's not my son anymore. I hate him, and now you are my son. This this is your sword now. And I even son changed the design. With Jorah. Now you are my son. <laughs> <laughs> he like even changed the like bear on the thing of the sword to like a wolf. The pommel. Yeah, whatever it is. I, I don't know so how swords work. The pommel is like the the, no, the nubbin on the end. The knob, yeah. The sword knob. And once again, John is feeling really conflicted because, like, he's like, but I have a real dad. And I wanted his sword. <laughs> you're, you're not my real dad, but my real dad won't give me a sword. <laughs> John couldn't admit to Gior that it was another man's sword he dreamed of. Yeah, I, yeah. I noted that one too. <laughs> so George, your phrasing is off a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think George knows there. what his phrasing is. Yeah, I think he knows. Is it is it gay to dream of another man's sword? 
It's the only time a man can be straight. Yeah. <laughs> so this sword is called uh, Long Claw. Um, and Did you just say Elon like, Claw? <laughs> Elon Claw. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. That's, 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 that's his persona. <laughs> it's a new cyber sword and it breaks in half as soon as you use it. Uh, they sent a sword into space. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Zora High did. Yeah, so basically Geomormons like uh there's no excuses, we live in a we live in like the hard times, uh He's like, uh, this this thing, there's luckily only two of these, but I remember, like, we, I know there was the long night, which, like, 8,000 years ago, he's like, uh, we ought to have remembered the long night has come before. Uh, 8,000 years is a good while, yet if the night wa- Night's Watch does not remember, who will? So this probably means nothing. Yeah. I like how he's, like, so impressed that John used fire. He's like, oh, you fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. You you burned it to death. Literally what a caveman would yeah. do. Look, the secret knowledge of fire. <laughs> who who could have thought that fire could hurt something? An ice creature like, hurt yeah. by fire? Ice? <laughs> fire? Does this mean anything? <laughs> it's good that this uh, book series is named Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Otherwise, they could important. give something away. Yeah. So if you throw the baby at the puppy, um, do they cancel out? <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they play with each other and uh, they neutralize. Yeah. yeah, it stops the them baby from being is naughty. upset and the puppy is upset, just throw them at each other and they'll be happy. Yeah, yeah that's what happens with Rickon all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jor uh, Mormont is like, uh, you gotta. He's like, you need to work on your two handed strikes now that one of your hands is burned. And he says, Sir Andrew can show you some moves. They say his name three times in a row. I do yeah. not remember this fucker. Why do they say yeah, his name either. so much? R.I.P. We will remember you, Sir, maybe. Sir Andrew? Sir Andrew Tarth. <laughs> Sir Andrew? Who? He's on his way John, John literally tower, so. says, says who emoji. <laughs> <laughs> John oh, yeah. did not know the name. He's apparently about to replace Elisa Thorne as master at arms uh, because like Mormont so, got rid of him because he knew that Elisa... So could he have done it all the time? Blood. Yeah, that's pretty funny too. He's like, oh, my steward tried to murder you. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's no workplace rights in the watch. Which, on one hand, it's kind of cool that he sent him away, but the problem is he, he really sent, like, his most unlikable man to, like, <laughs> do PR work. So, yeah. I don't know how it, that's It's true that he's out. unlikable, but I it's mean, kind of because he's, like, snooty and highborn and whatever, so it does yeah. make sense to send him, because that's how yeah, all everyone in King's Landing is. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It, it I, just, I think it, it kind of... Yeah, he didn't, he didn't know he who was to... going to become Hand of the King, I guess. Yeah, also... I mean, Elisa seems to be just, like, really pissed that he has to be at the wall and maybe he's, like, getting a chance to go down to King's Landing. Mm. Uh, maybe is a, like, something that uh, he would actually like and maybe, yeah, kind of enjoy doing it. Like, uh, actually... Yeah, he maybe, says that... Me- meeting has... a few few old friends. Yeah, like old that. friends at the court. He's going to go yeah. pal around with the guys. Yeah. <laughs> Drink beer, do war crimes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Stay away from the beer. 
don't break catch. Yeah, so then, like, John, like, goes out and, like, he has the sword and I really like this next scene where, like, mm-hmm. all of the other boys at the Night's Watch are like, show us our new sword. It's really funny. Yeah, they're like, we all knew about the sword before you, John, and yeah. demand to see it immediately. <laughs> we're so excited about it. Uh, they're so excited for him. I mean, it's okay. They all pretended to not see it until now. <laughs> I am looking directly at it, says yeah. every little Night Watch boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the sword is made of Valyrian steel. I didn't mention that. Oh, yeah, it's like a very important sword. Mm. Uh, yeah, because to- Toad from uh, Mario Kart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> Let's see the sword! He says, I heard of a man who had a razor made of Valyrian steel and he cut his head off trying to shave, which is. Uh, <laughs> I hope this is true. It would be very funny if it was true. I mean, a man would have died, but it would, it was, it would be very funny. <laughs> it would have been a very stupid man, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That takes a lot of effort, though. That's like a big, big screw yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, I'm still going. I can't stop. Damn, I, I can't stop. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It just cuts so smooth. I can't resist. Yeah. <laughs> what if it was like the the Valyrian steel uh, razor, but it also had like that bee, so it made it buzz like in the Flintstones movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sure. like it. Yeah. Then John meets like his two best friends. Like first he meets Ghost. And like yes. scratches his ear, and you have, yes. you have we get a wholesome puppy moment. Yes, he's like he te- he tells Ghost like you're the real hero, you're the you're the reason I like we all even survived. And then he remembers when he first <laughs> found him, and like we get like a montage set to like uh, uh, like uplifting music of I how. Ever that's exactly the music that plays here, yeah. Uh, and then he meets Sam. And Sam tells him about another sword. Yeah, Sam's like, uh, I'm not impressed with your sword. I've seen a sword before. I've seen bigger, yeah. <laughs> His home sword literally is a bigger sword, I think. Yeah, Heartspin is like a two-handed sword, right? I think, I think so, yeah. Yeah, Heartspin, which uh, show fans will remember as Jorah's sword. <laughs> For absolutely no reason. He needed a yeah. sword. And then, like Sam, like Sam tells him about, yeah, Sam tells him about the sword, how he was gonna get him, but like he was afraid of it because it's so sharp. He said, "I was afraid I'd hurt one of my sisters." Which, oh, Sam. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then he tells John, "Mr. Eamon wants to see you," and then John is upset for no reason. Well, he thinks Sam. Tattled. He's just pretty upset at the moment. He thinks Sam's a snitch, and you know what happens to snitches. <laughs> Well, so, uh, Sam admits it, right? That, like, yeah, he, he does. Yeah, he admits it immediately. Demon, yeah. I don't think it's such a big deal. <laughs> did you? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a coward. What did you Whoopsie. expect? Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John. John doesn't need to be mean to Sam, even, even if he, maybe did a snitching. Mm. <laughs> so it's then he meets with John. Meets with Amon, and they feed birds. They're like yeah, they tossing feed them, them bloody meat chunks, chunks of raw meat. And this is what the birds crave. This is what the birds crave. <laughs> and then they talk about how weird it is that uh, Gior Mormon's bird 
likes fruit and corn better than meat. And I have no idea, like, if this means anything. <laughs> like, we'll talk about it. Mean. I, I think that it yeah. means something. We'll talk about it. I underlined my note. Mm. Ooh, I have a... Yeah. Mm. I'm very excited for that. Uh, they also talk about like, <laughs> other birds, like crows and ravens and pigeons mm, and... Yeah doves yeah like which one is best at flying and delivering letters and which says, which bird is best yeah. which bird is best, Horse is best. Horse is imagine best. using Horse pigeons is to carry messages cringe yeah. <laughs> crazy idea yeah Gross. they're doing like a bird's tier list <laughs> <laughs> yeah raven the raven has more fighting and power and the pigeon <laughs> is more intelligent fucking big Raven is big. You've got to give it to big. Raven is best. There's there's like a weird story he tells here, which I don't know if it means anything, about how uh, the ravens eat the dead, so some godly men abhor them, and then he tells a story about Beta the Blessed trying to replace all the ravens with doves to carry the Mm. letters. I have no idea if this means anything. I think I think it's kind of you know mm. metaphorical in that the the kingdom and the crown will try to do what has the best optics mm. while the night watch is doing yeah. what needs to be done kind of yeah, yeah. especially Baylor yeah. the blessed mm. yeah. yeah Baylor the I will not fuck my sisters not even if you beg me <laughs> which is valid yeah absolute hero yeah not to hand it to a Targaryen <laughs> for once. <laughs> I'm putting my sexy sisters in a tower and they're not allowed to come out. <laughs> God, Targs really do be like that. We love to write books and read them about only the Targs. Oh, yeah. It would be great if someone wrote yeah. one or two. Or a TV show about only the Targs and no one will be confused by their names or their identical appearances. <laughs> no one will watch it is the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there will I... be dragons, so I might watch it. Yeah, it's probably gonna be better than Game of Thrones, but like, yeah. they said, have they said I, what era it's gonna be of the Targs? Because if Bloodraven is in the, it, I will see it. I like to see. No, him. it's gonna. Be I the, don't think it's gonna be in it. Didn't they say it's gonna be the fall of Valyria? Something like that. I thought it was so gonna too. be based on Fire and Blood, so it's like oh, maybe from Conquest uh, onward. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Can I? I've been flipping through my book. Um, uh, and there's a funny line that made me laugh, but I want to hear uh, Kay say it in Nintendo Toad voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't lampshade it, but I did think that was a pretty good Nintendo Toad voice. <laughs> Whenever they're asking to see the sword, uh, first they're like, can we see it? And John's like, see what? And Toad says, your rosy butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's my best try. Ahem. Your rosy butt cheeks, what else? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's beautiful. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Listen to us next week. <laughs> that Please. was the end of the podcast. <laughs> We're done you can now. Do, like, you can do the fuck Jora in Toad voice at the end. Oh. Okay, I'll write that down too. <laughs> yeah, so um, now you have to stay tuned. Yeah, so there's that. just one last scene in this chapter in which uh, Amon makes a big speech to John. 
uh, and it's basically about uh, like love and duty or love and honor I guess uh, so it's like basically the idea is uh, he starts about how well John did you ever wonder why the men of the night's watch take no wives and father no children and then he says well so they don't love because love is the bane of honor the death of duty and then he talks about how uh how when people love they put like they they just can't be thinking about honor and duty anymore because uh the love of like uh to another person or a family is is uh is gonna get in the way of your duty and uh and he says you know it's duty and honor seems very easy uh but soon or late in every man's life comes a day when it is not easy and day when he must choose basically between love and duty uh and john is like john doesn't get it why is why is Eamon talking john, about john is a classic teenage? teenager you don't understand what i'm going through yeah john is like like this it's old man who has me. lived for like a hundred years can't possibly have life experience that is <laughs> more poignant or more uh more tragic than this thing I am going through right now. The thing John is going through is not even that bad. <laughs> He's also probably seen hundreds of recruits uh, like going to the same through the same thing yeah. in his lifetime. Yeah, John isn't special. He's different. And then and then Amon reveals well when I uh, when I was at the Citadel and like became a maester. I had to, uh, I had to get, like put down my last name because the Amons or or like the Maesters usually only go by first name. But you know, my father was Makar, my grandfather, uh, and my brother was Aegon, and my grandfather named me after Prince Amon the Dragon Knight. And then John has like finally a moment of recognition when he says, "Oh, you're Amon Targaryen." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, oh, those are Targaryen names. I, um, <laughs> he's he's I, I turning over those. the word Aemon in his mind and is like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have <laughs> thought that the that. guy named Aemon He's doing that Targaryen. scene from Sherlock yeah. where he's like putting together <laughs> yeah, the He's putting all the pieces together in his mind palace. He's, he's like flipping fingers in front of his face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, hold on, that sounds like a Targaryen name maybe. But he's just flipping Aemon from left to right and then Targaryen. <laughs> Fierce. Yeah, he rearranges oh. Amon Targaryen and it says, I am Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically the chapter at the end. Uh, Amon tells him, well, uh, you know, I understand that you have a tough choice, but, uh, you know, I will not tell you to stay or go. You must make that choice yourself and live with it all the rest of your days. Mm. And I'm sure this is not gonna, like, <laughs> haunt John for, like, the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll never come back. This yeah. Amon speech is kind of crazy. It makes me cry. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah, yeah, especially the one paragraph where he's like, you know, what is honor compared to love? The memory of a brother's smile. The gods fashioned us for love, mm. and that is our great glory and great tragedy. That's my favorite part. Yeah, the the show did the scene like really well. That guy mm. can act, and he's like. I anytime I read this, I think of like the way his like voice cracks with whenever he's saying like, you know, they killed my brother or like they killed my um, nephew and like even even the children, even the, yeah, yeah. The scene's really fucking good. 
Because, like, even, you know, on, the, on your first read, you're like, yeah, it's just he's just an old man, and his name's Amon. Yeah. Normal name for a normal man. Amon. Uh, hey. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then you find out, like, oh, shit. Shit dog. Yeah, like, at first you don't know what Targaryen names are. Because yeah. mm-hmm. Targaryen is a made-up thing that George R. R. Martin made up, so, you know. <laughs> if you read this book, you don't have the knowledge. Uh, the people in the world might have probably guessed it, but, like, I <laughs> yeah. forgive John because his baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do meet some people later that are, like, named after Targaryens, and they're not really Targaryens. Yes. So it's not crazy to think that a super old person, presumably born during the reign, would be named after Targaryens to, like, get their favor or something. We get some cool history, too. Um, He talks about uh, whenever Aegon, like, burned the fuck out of Harrenhal, Hall, and the Black's brother was Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, and he was just like... I love to see it and did nothing. Yeah. He doesn't love to see it, but he does look directly at it. Yeah. And that is what honor is. Uh Uh-huh. I really like how, you know, the the terrible thing that happened where the children were killed has been, like, haunting Ned for the whole book. And now we meet someone who, like, it affects almost even more directly, even though he didn't see it. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's another perspective and we kind of get more insight into how horrible it is without him having to tell us because we've already known how bad it was for Ned. Hmm. And I I like the, like, Amon kind of gives us his thesis on love versus duty. At first, whenever he says that, uh, John is like, oh, that, that doesn't sound right to me. And I don't think that's like, you know, George's actual thesis or like what he's trying to put forward as the correct answer because one um i mean he whenever john gives his answer of uh what ned would do he says he would do the right thing and that can be either because Mm -hmm. the whole reason whenever uh like in the last ned chapter whenever varus says like you should you know do this thing you should like you know forsake your honor to like try and get peace ned's uh reasoning for not doing that is because of his love for the people that have died like at lannister hands and for his sons being crippled that that is the like duty option but it's because he loves us like he loved his men that uh jamie killed and that the gold cloaks killed so i don't think it's like that real of a dichotomy yeah, I mean, I mean, I would say that, you know, the balance between doing what's honorable and like doing what's right or doing what you want to do is kind of one of the main themes. So I don't think it's solved in the first book yet. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. So probably the first thing that's presented here, I think this is a really good first like direct presentation of the conflict and it's yeah. by a guy who's definitely very sympathetic and seems to have thought about the subject a lot. So I think it's a good starting point for thinking about the concept, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it's what George is saying is the right thing. You're right. I mean, very often we'll get uh, we'll get examples of things that, like uh, what is honorable just depends on what side you're on. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's not always the choice between what is right and what's honorable. Like both uh, decisions can be honorable in the eyes of some and right in the eyes of some. And yeah. I think it's interesting the similarities between like the watch and the king's guard oh yeah mm. 
that they can't have children and they have to follow this particular duty. But like, especially with the King's Guard, uh, just letting things slide is not necessarily right in a moral sense. Yeah, they kind of follow the the letter of the law to the fault. That's very. They're very individually. They're like they have to do what's right to protect one individual. Where I guess with the watch, mm. it's like trying to protect the whole kingdom as a as a like mm. large entity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Night's Watch are Marxists, and the yeah. and, uh, the King's Guard are, uh, you know, class and collaborationists. The Night's Watch are, the, Watch are the, sh- the shitty guys in black, and the, the King's Guard are these cool, like, shining knights in white armor. That's like everyone. It's the doves versus the raven. That are, yeah, that are pop yeah, stars, literally. basically. So, do you think uh, Eamon does the speech regularly to, like,. <laughs> <laughs> New Night's Watch recruits. He's like, ah, oh, there's another, Probably. there's another angsty teen. I gotta get my speech <laughs> ready again. John goes down and is like, hey, did you know that's Amon Targaryen? And everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah he, sure. he told me last Thursday. Dude, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> He's named Amon John. Amon <laughs> is a valid Targaryen name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I was I was kind of wondering is isn't this speech like a little bit too late? I mean, John doesn't have a choice anymore to to leave. I mean, wouldn't if it have worked? Yeah, he better is kind of if, talking if, about like the choice of deserting, which is not a very yeah, good choice. Uh, with, yeah, which is not really. A, I, guess, I mean, you you I think wouldn't live very like long with that choice. Yeah. Seeing what uh, like this, what recent events are, he's like getting concerned that John might have second mm. thoughts. Like, I think I think that's more the thing. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, like, just just as, like, the, the structure of the story that uh, George could have put, uh, like, this chapter or the... the uh, could have had a, a different timeline that, like, this all happens before John has to take his vows and that it's kind of an... Because when he took his vows, there wasn't much of a hesitation from his part. Yeah. Uh, as I remember, and that... We get like as a reader a little okay, bit more yeah, of a payoff like, that okay I'm I'm choosing the Night's Watch like actively because when he takes his vows he's just well that's, that's what thing. he always wanted to do and and yeah I mean it the, works well, in, maybe in another way that uh, he's he's having second thoughts now when it's too late but. yeah I think yeah. it works in in context also of what's to come for John like not to spoil his arc but well the uh, Eamon's point is that. You know, it's easy to do duty and be honorable whenever it's easy. But, uh, you know, that's a constant choice that you have to make every day. He, he took his vows when it was easy. I, I mean, I do see... I see Rainer's point, though, because if John were to go and help Rob now, wouldn't Rob be, like, obligated to cut his head off? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. have to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but that's even more so, important. So that's not a very good choice. Down. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, my 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 theory when I when I thought about this, like uh, my thought was that maybe there are like more deserters that uh, continue to like have a life like very far south, maybe where yeah, definitely uh, they like have to go to the, the free cities or something. Yeah, and they they just don't talk about that, especially not like the the officers of the Night's Watch, obviously. Yeah. I don't think everyone. It is, is actually a choice, and like once once you make it out of the north, like you can live as a Night's Watch deserter, maybe. Hmm. I mean, yeah. it does seem like you can just go into exile, and that's just a yeah. way to live. But it's just yeah. kind of a shitty yeah. one. 
I mean, you just have to go steal some other clothes that aren't black. <laughs> I know. Don't get tricked. <laughs> ah, that's the hardest part, yeah. Are there in, in the Seven Kingdoms, like, or in Westeros, like, no people who just like to wear black? Because I'm wearing black most of the time in real life. Yeah, there are no goths in Westeros. <laughs> Except for the Greyjoys. I like the like synergy of John being being very much of an emo in this book, and yeah. him taking the black and having to only wear black. This is a really good chapter. Like I think this is one of my favorites in this book. This is a great chapter. I love Amon's speech a lot. Oh yeah, John has a lot of great chapters. Let's just let's just get through this Danny chapter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Danny great time. Danny chapter. That's very good. Read. Yeah, maybe like. Uh, should slap a content warning on this like there is yeah. gonna be talk about uh yeah just murder and uh rape and uh child sex, sex trafficking of oh. children yeah so yeah. like if Apologism. you don't want to hear about that maybe like skip ahead don't know 15 minutes <laughs> something like that we talk for longer than that yeah yeah i, I, I try to get to the like really bad part rather quickly but yeah so Basically, what what we get is uh, Daenerys is riding through the aftermath of a Lazarin city that was uh, sacked by uh, by Drogos Karasa. Basically, while another car, Karl uh, Ogo, was uh, was already sacking it, or he just or he followed up uh, uh, right after him. And yeah, then he starts to think that war might be hell by uh, what she is seeing. So they are uh, they're riding through just. Uh, a lot of of uh, dead people dying people dying horses and there are uh, there are guys uh, going through the uh, through the fields uh, I call them the uh, what is it uh, uh, the mercy men who just have big axes and uh, yeah kill up the the people who are dying and uh, the small girls are running through the through the, f- the fields of dead bodies and uh, and harvesting arrows off of them so it's a really gruesome picture that uh, uh that we get here <sighs> yeah so uh then it gets uh into the town and she sees uh the people that have been captured and will be enslaved and it's like uh, part of them are part of uh, Karl Ogo's Kalasar and they uh, as Danny notes they kind of take it with pride and uh, not pride but with dignity and like oh okay guess we're slaves of this Kalasar now and uh the the Lazarine people who lived in the city are uh, are terrified of uh, what's uh, what's gonna happen to them. Uh, there's a scene of one of one boy trying to escape, and uh, a few uh, the Thraki catch him and like uh, yeah slash their the whips at him and uh, yeah basically basically torture him for a while before they just kill him. And it's, yeah, re- really not a good scene. And uh, Danny is kind of having to to uh make excuses for herself like what well this is the price i have to i have to pay if i wanna i wanna conquer the the iron throne and that's that's just what what war is so she's kind of distancing herself from it in a in a weird way i don't know how to how to describe it really yeah she's doing her whole like i'm the dragon thing again yeah like i'm i'm above of above this all in like a weird way and like yeah there's an a description of the lazarine people that oh like they're the the sheep people and they they don't eat meat like they're so weak vegetarians and they mm. <laughs> don't belong like in the in the 
Dothraki see um, so like a little bit of weird like uh, yeah racism there yeah yeah Danny has a, a a Danny woke moment where she's like yeah before I knew the the Dothraki I would have thought that these were yeah. Dothraki too but now mm. I see like but now I know look. the different skull shapes <laughs> <laughs> Danny woke racism moments. <laughs> yeah, great. She. <laughs> uh, we have a, a little bit about uh, Chora, who is like the only one wearing armor in all of this, and uh, Dothraki, uh, who who made fun of him before, uh, before like, well, not not the battle, like the the massacre. Uh, uh, maybe is is a better word, and uh, but uh, it seems like he uh, he shot them up uh, like just killing one or two of uh, of those who make fun of him and so now they respect him again great work Jorah great this is like that scene in the show whenever the lord of bones uh calls yeah. <laughs> calls Tormund gay and then he just beats him to death yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to meet yeah. to me is book Tormund so we can finally purge a uh, mm. show Tormund out of our minds <laughs> yeah we also get uh yeah we also it's it's mentioned for uh, the first time that uh, Droga apparently has been has been wounded but Charles says oh, it's nothing it's nothing serious a flesh wound Charles like it's nothing we'll he just it. killed yeah. Karl Ogo and Karl Ogo he, and his son Karl Fogo yeah who succeeded him immediately after that George was really trying here what so that the three Karls we met it's it's Drogo <laughs> <laughs> he had such FOMO about not getting killed by Drogo. He had to get in there. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but then luckily it happened for him too. Fear of missing out on getting beheaded. What if beheaded. it was Fugo from Jojo? Oh, no, <laughs> wait, Fugo. I wouldn't like that. Don't kill Fugo. <laughs> no, he just disappears. He just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Does he ever come back? Like, I'm right in the middle of that, of that arc. Does he come back? Oh, no, don't tell me. I think okay. there's like some. He comes back in the non-canonical no- novella, yeah, which is canonical like some to non-canonical me. stuff where he comes back. Mm. Uh, then we then we get a few scenes where, like, uh, we get the descriptions of Dothraki uh, riders uh, starting to, uh, yeah, rape women, and that's basically the kind of the breaking point for for Daenerys, where she's she's uh, yeah. She's starting to to stop the the Dothraki from uh, raping by basically claiming every woman uh, she sees as as her own slave. And uh, at first, the uh, Dothraki don't they re- don't understand like what she's what she's what she wants of them. Like that's that's the way it is. And uh, Chora is a great uh, a great guy here. And uh, I got so fucking mad at Jorah says, at this yeah, part, like, dude. Hey, that's just that's just how it is. Like. Uh, uh-huh. Not yeah, even that he's like, you have to deal with this. He's like, what? Yeah. What's wrong? What? Khaleesi, like why are you this? upset? Yeah. I was so <laughs> mad at him. Yeah. yeah. It's really he, really, he really assimilated very good into this society of, of slave traders and rapists. Yeah. Great, great job, Chora. Well, I mean, it's not that different. I think, I'm pretty sure, yeah. so in the uh, Ned chapter where he's listening to the river people yeah yeah yeah. Mm. sure there's like a really similar uh thing that where gregor's men do the like a really similar thing with a yeah a a small boy that they just chase him around on horses until he dies yeah yeah i mean it 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 happens like in in every war but the investors at least like it's 
considered a war crime, kinda, and uh, yeah, it's not like it, oh, that's just the way of of war. But it's it's less yeah, I mean, normal. It's, it happens sure. anyway. Like, so like uh, I guess to the the high lords the victims, would crush it, their pearls over this instead. So of... the victims, it doesn't make much difference. But yeah, it's considered mm-hmm. immoral, orders, although everyone does it, and I guess some lords might uh, yeah deliberately use it as a way of terror, like Tywin does. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. The one, like, really gruesome description that just fucking killed me, uh, because it was so bad, was where, like, one of them raped a girl, and it was like, oh, the next one is gonna take the same girl now. Yeah. Hmm. Like, that's just so yeah. much. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's definitely really purposefully trying to subtly be like, this is the same as Westeros. Do you get it? Mm. Especially yeah, when it's like. Everywhere is. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the one Colossar already being attacking these people, and then the second one coming and basically mm. just making it worse is kind of like, you know, mm. Varys yeah. is like, oh, the common people when you play your Game of Thrones yeah. are the ones who get hurt the most. So it's yeah, kind like of the same sort no of ma- thing. Going no matter on. what what side of the High Lords is winning, like the the small folk is always suffering, and it doesn't make yeah. much difference to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Also, the other part that made me so mad was like uh, what Jogo uh, offered her. Like the solution he offered for uh, for this is yeah. to cut out the tongue of the girl who's being raped, so she doesn't sh- and she doesn't mm. cry yeah, so loud. Like, oh, is her sound bothering mm. you? Yeah, mm. like, bro, there's a systemic issue mm. here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we like can can ex- excuse. I don't want to use that word, but like understand the Dothraki behavior a little bit more because I mean that's just how those how they all. I mean, grow the Dothraki like, are just this, doing racism here. This order, and yeah, and like they they generally yeah. see like these people as lesser men than themselves, but. Yeah, like one of the guys says Shora the writer is doing her this, honor uh, yeah. because yeah. she's a horse and she's just a sheep. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a super racist worldview, but like they grew up in it and they're not questioning it. So, yeah. I mean, it's horrible either way. So, <laughs> like, I'm not, not making excuses here. But, like, that Shora bites into it is, like, uh, especially bad. Yeah, Shora is just a fucking pile of slime. Yeah. And he will but die he, by my yeah, hand. He didn't need to like uh, join them, especially. <laughs> he could have joined some, uh, no, uh, sales company maybe. Or... Yeah, he could. He could easily be in the Golden Company. He could so easily yeah. be in the Golden Company. Hmm. But he's spying. About... Well, he uh, he he's did fight now. in some sellsword companies for a mm. little while. Yeah. He, I mean, he only really joined the Dothraki. To, because he took service with Viserys and then Danny. But he speaks Dothraki, and they like all know him. I yeah. swear he was hanging out with them before the Targs mm. came. Uh, yeah. maybe. No, he was. Yeah, it, it very much seems like he was he was riding riding around with them before, or like yeah, pretty sure. I think he must have been, if not like mm. partnered up with them, like at least like on good terms. Yeah. So in the end, like uh, Danny succeeds in playing her. I'm the Khaleesi and uh, like I claim all these women as my slaves and they are not to be harmed one of the women she quote unquote saves uh, is uh, an older woman of around 40 
that she describes uh, specifically and that thanks her in uh, the common tongue, I think. Yeah. Maybe that character will come back a little <laughs> bit later. There was one thing I also wanted to point out to uh, hate on Jora more is like after so she it's like the fourth woman that she claims and tries to rescue that Jora is like all right that that's enough you did it a couple of times you got it out of your system right you can't claim them all child and she's like, like yeah fuck you yes I can she's <laughs> like I'm the fucking Khaleesi <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's right, yeah. Fucking Jorah. I hate Jorah. I hate Jorah. <laughs> I don't know if we well, mentioned yeah. this already, right. but... Jorah Every... die challenge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it might it might have come up a few times. So, finally, after making their way through the city and uh, claiming... Uh, I don't think there's a number, but I assume like quite a lot of uh, of women, maybe. Uh, they, they arrive uh, at... Uh, a Drogo who is sitting like in front of uh, of uh, Onion Church, and uh, he is a more serious than uh, uh, than Tro described it. Like he has an arrow, uh, an arrow through his arm, and like his his nipple is cut off, and uh, the muscle uh-huh. is showing under his skin. So fucking no nip Drogo. No nip Drogo. I was yeah. about to say the uh, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's 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 uh, playing the tough man, of course, and like, oh, it's 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 uh, nothing. It's just some scars that I can I can show my son later and uh, and brag about. He is, uh, yeah, he's, he's sitting he talks next about... to a pile of heads. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's flexing. Yeah, so. And uh, he's he's also been playing Animal Crossing and bragging about how much bells he has now. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Did you write that one down? That's a good yeah, one. I was I was preparing <laughs> that one. I like it. Mm, <laughs> bells, all, I like it. My, look at all my bells. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. A, yeah. Um. Then uh, one of his is it a blood rider or just um, <laughs> one of his one of his uh, soldiers is bringing up the the issue of we are not allowed to rape. Uh, like mm. do something about this boss, like your. Uh, your wife is is acting up, and uh, uh, in the end, he takes her side, and uh, like he likes how how fierce she is, and he thinks that it's it's his son choose inside her that makes her so fierce. I was mad uh, about yeah. that part too. What what else? What else would it would it be? Then like his nothing his, to do with uh, her, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. filling her with his fire. She's the dragon, dumbass. Yeah, she's the <laughs> fucking dragon. That's her fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's like her whole thing. Mm. There is like this this one line from her where uh, one of the Dothraki says, "Those are those are just like uh, like sheep people are beneath us. Like we can do with them whatever she wants." And then she says, "I'm the dragon, and the dragon feeds on on horse and sheep alike." Which uh, <laughs> and Drogo's like fucking sick burn, baby. It's a good comeback in that situation, but also uh, you're kind of like. Uh, Kind of arrogant. <laughs> I know. I know. She's kind of. She's yourself, lucky. It's like she's lucky that Drogo liked everyone. that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'll solve this racism with more racism. Yeah. <laughs> My race is even better. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So then they, yeah. Uh, and she says, so maybe you like should should see to your wounds anyway because like uh, it doesn't look too good like. Uh, you, there, there should be a nipple there, really. 
Yeah, I shouldn't be able to see your whole muscles through your skin. Yeah, so like, please like get the uh, get the healers and like uh, they apparently have uh, have uh, women who uh, they have women in eunuchs. Yeah. Women in eunuchs, yeah. Uh, like the the women can uh, do potions and uh, stuff, and the eunuchs are yeah basically like uh, surgeons who uh, can sew your wounds up and stuff like that. Don't know why you would. Uh, uh, like you would split up the medical professions like that, but that's the system they have in place. <laughs> I also reason. don't know why having no balls makes you good at sewing. Yeah. You can't trust them no. if they've got balls. I can't yeah. trust this man to sew me up. He's horny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's too distracted. The, the, yeah. Does Raki all have like a uh, like a needle fetish? <laughs> I mean, they, he would have to, to like touch his nipple area, and if it's oh, okay. <laughs> if it's a horny man, like that would be gay, maybe. Maybe it's a gay panic. That is the hardest the, time to be straight. The touching yeah. of his nipple area should make him horny. Yeah. I mean, it's not let's on move at the on. moment. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. So, so uh, some women of the of. Uh, recently claimed uh, slaves uh, steps up and says hey I'm actually uh, one of the best healers in the world apparently because I started in Eshai and uh, like I learned healing from people all over the world including a maester from the, the sunset uh, kingdoms and uh, Joyce mm, I don't believe it like uh, how did it look and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking big brain Jora. What does a maester wear? A maester's like, chain. Okay, you pass. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. pass my quiz. Name five. Does it have the clay items. chain? <laughs> You're not even a real maester fan. <laughs> Name five of their albums. <laughs> yeah. Name five of their chains. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so she very must do like the, the notorious MMD as I like to call her. Uh <laughs> Uh, she passes Tro's uh, Maester quiz and uh, and it's uh, like after that the, is... It's like the John Mulaney bit about you passed the robot yeah. test. Yeah. Passed <laughs> yeah. my so, clever puzzle. Click on the pictures that have a Maester's chain on it. <laughs> <laughs> prove. Prove you know the Maester. <laughs> That's like the number one thing people know about Maesters. The thing an animal would know. <laughs> 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 well I guess like if you're living somewhere in the Dothraki Sea and know that maesters were chains that's probably a yeah not yeah. not common knowledge there so like okay like she probably actually knows knows her stuff yeah. this, I'll like, ask her if a boat there. is a horse and then that will <laughs> tell you <laughs> she also speaks like three languages I know I was gonna say all around awesome here uh uh, says yeah like uh, I have dissected bodies and I learned uh, I learned birthing spells and uh, potions potion making from everyone and uh, the Dothraki call her call her Meiki of course and say oh no she's she's into the dark arts and uh, like mm. she she lays with demons and uh, does sorcery that that draws the blood from from men and bullshit like that so what if it was like uh uh Danny gets mm-hmm. like a nice uh watch case for Drogo and 
he gets her. How the fuck does that story goes? And that's it's the gift of the Maggie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Watch kiss. <laughs> it's like something about how he has to sell his watch, uh, so it's no use anymore. Yeah, it's and just she has the, to basically the hair. thing is like you give someone a present that you sold something else for, and they did the same thing, so both the presents are useless or whatever. Yeah. It's that situation that's just are funny to imagine Danny being like, Oh, Drogo, I know you love your watch, <laughs> so I got you a watch kiss. <laughs> Danny sold her dragon eggs um, to get Drogo a uh-huh. coat, but he sold his okay. hair to get her a dragon polishing kit. We should mention that uh, that the maester uh, that uh, we must do met uh, is Maester Marwin, who will. Yeah, Marwin. Yeah, we'll meet in like two years. Later. Yeah. Thanks, Charles. We, we will meet in like in like fifteen years if you. I can't uh, believe read, fucking read George knew this motherfucker's name out. when he wrote this book. He's yeah, like, ah, oh, Marwin. Absolutely. I'll just remember that yeah, later. Sure. He has like big sheets of all the names, and I think he yeah. like. I think he said that that's how he does it. That he like when he needs a character, he's he, he like sees. Oh, I mentioned this master. 15 years no, but ago. he must Maybe have like had this him. character already conceptualized because he's like yeah. very clearly like a maester from a shy yeah mm. yeah he's like the dark and he cuts guy. open a body for yeah. her he, he, he's the mm. bad boy maester yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's the John Galt maester the rebel yeah George's <laughs> brain sometimes dirt bike maester mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna mention, like, you know how in uh, how in JoJo it's always like super clear when someone's a stand user. <laughs> like, I think if someone's called Miri Mazdur, <laughs> it's like pretty yeah. obvious that she's gonna become important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the only one of all the Lazarine people who has a name. Show, so. Yeah, and she has three names. Okay, it's a name. Yeah, so many names. So many names. So yeah, in the end, like a. Uh, uh, Drogo is uh, is convinced uh, to to let his uh, wounds uh, tended to by this woman, and they go into the uh, into the temple, the Onion Temple, and uh, the Onion Temple. Yeah, she, the Onion Temple. Yeah, it's like a, a temple with like an onion-shaped stone. So, oh, what could this mean? Brooks yeah. would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> they are the they are the only Onion Company. <laughs> Maybe this is the way that we can like incept his brain to like have positive associations <laughs> with onions. Maybe must do like likes... onion. Yeah. yeah. The onion, the onion, Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she she whips up some potions and uh, cleans the wound and uh, puts bandages on it and says. Uh, don't take any drugs, young man. And Cisha and Drogo says, "I'm gonna do what I want." Uh, and He's uh, so dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just has. I'm not like, gonna listen. He, he has. He has poison racism brain. Yeah. I'm not gonna listen to a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> poison I'm racism. A, I'm a man. man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he stands up to go to the temple, and he's like, I can stand on my own, and a bunch of blood comes out of his chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they it's try the to help him, and he's like, yeah. yeah. His wine. blood riders are like, you good, dude? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. And then Danny, Danny says the... 
Uh, he's like, I don't need any man's help. And Danny says, I am no man, which is pretty good. I like Danny that. Danny is so That's fucking tiny. What help could she be offering, honestly? She's, She's also, also heavily pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> I'm not being mean to Danny, but she weighs 90 pounds max. There's no way she yeah. can support any weight of culture. She probably weighs like yeah. 110 now that she's Pregnant. Pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In between. <laughs> in between all of this. In between all of this. Then uh, <laughs> uh, at some point. Yeah, then he's bigger. Can we not do this bit for 10 minutes? Nothing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. At uh, some point, between uh, in, in all of this, uh, Danny thinks to herself, "Oh, I can probably trust this woman that I've I have saved. I'm 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 sure of it." Yeah, I uh, so that line. she uh, after the, after she has uh, she has patched up Drogo, she goes to her and says, oh, like, uh, "I heard you said something about." Uh, you also being skilled in like uh, birthing stuff and mm-hmm. midwifery, yeah. And like, uh, as you might have noticed, uh, I'm I'm due at some point near, and uh, Miriam says, yeah, yeah, sure. Like uh, I know everything about it. Like uh, no baby has never died when uh, they call when me I the Ace Bertha. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent win rate on baby births. Absolutely. <laughs> She's um, got like yeah. Uh, I, I was gonna make a KDR joke, but I can't put it together. Never mind. I can't help cut you this, with that. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically it. Like, uh, Danny, Danny trusts me, must do, and uh, rightfully so, and uh, nothing bad will happen because of it. Yeah. And she's the best character in this series, and she never, must do, never did anything wrong. And I also wrote down she has big dark energy, and I couldn't, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't work it in organically, so I'm just gonna throw it out like that she has a non-real number as her kdr because she has negative deaths or negative kills and zero deaths okay yeah. <laughs> has never died she does say that the wound's gonna itch and give him a fever which does mm. sound like an infection it's uh, a good one to get the bad one though okay <laughs> yeah i mean she also says that you can't have any painkiller because your body must be strong which is also a fake yeah so I think she's yeah. kind of just torturing him a little. <laughs> I don't think that. I mean, she's. I mean, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Never mind. I'm not going to try and say opinions <laughs> on this. I'm not a Miggy. Yeah. I mean, she's also talking about poison spirits, so like how scientific all this is. Very scientific. <laughs> yeah. They exist in this world. Mm. Sure. I mean, they might as I'm well. I'm always if talking George about the do, okay. poison spirits with my doctor. <laughs> doctor, give it to me straight. Do I have poison spirits? <laughs> <laughs> How many poison spirits are there? What's my poison spirit level? <laughs> Miriam Esther says you have to cleanse the thetans out of your blood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thetans? <laughs> I, I think you can say I think thetans. Yeah. She says, I learned in a shy from... <laughs> what's that guy's name? Aaron Hubbard. Yeah. Although honestly, it might be better if we like purposefully uh, mispronounced every Scientology term just to fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> to all the Scientologists. We are, we are on their watch list now. Now, with <laughs> yeah. the, now that we've said that, hey, you know. If you're if you're listening and and you're they gotta uh, make a file on us. A follower of the teachings of Aaron Hubbard. Fuck you. 
<laughs> well, not nah, taking a stand. <laughs> not fuck you. You should no, go seek sponsors, help. No sponsors, please. <laughs> they have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or get help. I guess, like, get out of there. Yeah, that's a cult, my dude. But also, like. Uh. Don't sponsor us. Yeah, then we would have to like read out uh, an ad for Mormonism. True. We had to. We'd have to like read Dianetics in every ad break. <laughs> I never. No, you don't get. You don't get to read that for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to pay them to sponsor us. <laughs> we would have to make a, a, a Dianetical reading of the Song of Fire and Fire series. <laughs> it's probably not too hard. The alien thing lines up. Yeah. True. <laughs> I think Euron uh, is doing Scientology. Yeah. What if, like, a dream of spring ends with uh, George looking into the camera and saying, folks, this is why Scientology is real. (laughs) (laughs) I will pretend I do not see it. Yeah, just like if there's no moon meteors, I'll pretend I do not see it. (laughs) What if uh, George started, like, jumping on the couch? Talking about how great Scientology is. <laughs> you should be careful, he's elderly. <laughs> Please, George. <laughs> George, look after yourself. What do you do to live? Uh, I don't know. The only other thing is that blood, the one blood rider says, like, whatever happens to the cow, uh, you're gonna uh, get that treatment too, I guess. Yeah, he says, like, uh, the, the cow's fate is, like, bound, bound to hers. And she doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I love Mary Mester. She's yeah, great. Yeah, her. Absolutely. She has one of those, yeah. you know, badass chapter-ending lines that we all love to see. Yeah. yeah. This it's one is a little great. more subtle, but you can you can figure it out. Yeah, she's not quite. Yeah, at this point, it's more like, hmm, and next time it's gonna be oh. Hmm. Maybe I'm nice and normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm just a forty-year-old woman. How could that be dangerous? I'm regular healing woman. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who started in a shy and speaks three languages it's so weird that she named up a shy and no one says shit about it the normal place of a shy i love a shy mm. by the shadow it's just by the shadow yeah. not in the shadow it's just by it not in just by Look, like, i'm not worried about like by it. the beach you know a shy adjacent <laughs> to the shadow yeah <laughs> a shy on I mean, the water. So I've pointed this out a billion times, I think. Uh not on the podcast, so I want to immortalize it that like Remaster she is Lazarine, but she goes to a shy. She learns a shit ton of shit that like it she probably I don't know, apparently there's just like jewels and gold and shit just lying around in a shy, like I mean if you believe just, the stories. Well, I mean we have it like the to back it up there's like you know, it's really easy to get rich if you go to a shy, like, on a trading uh, journey, because you just bring food and get, like, fuck tons of gold and shit for it. Because they don't have any food, but they have a lot of gold and, and jewels. I mean, I believe that like, they have natural resources. I don't think that the streets are paved with gold. I don't think they have natural resources. I think these are all, like, Oh, uh, you think leftover. they're blood diamonds? Literally. Unnatural resources. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I think it's just like, this was the capital city of a giant uh, empire that was very rich, and they just have a lot of nice things around. So you just, like, go into one of the random empty houses, and you can pick up, like, a bunch of nice vases and stuff. I feel like I don't believe that at all, but we'll see. George will tell us the next book <laughs> when we go to a shy. I'll wait for the dinosaurs to show up. 
Hell yeah. My point is, is that Miri Mazder, like, would, could have gone, like, she had the ability to get to a shy, so that means she probably could have gone, like, anywhere else, too. And she's very knowledgeable and would have been, like, you know, probably pretty well-respected and definitely valuable at, like, any court or any, like, place or, you know, rich city in the world. But she chose to go back to, like, her humble sheep herder people and just heal them just heal like regular ass people and i love her for that i mean we yeah i think we know uh, we know too little actually about the lazarine uh, society and like how like how rich or like uh, yeah i mean they're not i don't they are if they really trust sheep herders or if this is like a dothraki racism lens we are seeing them through Oh, I mean, they're definitely not rich. I think they're just, like, the same as small folk, basically. Like, they have stuff going on. Like, they don't just herd sheep, but they're not, like, lords. I mean, we get in this this chapter description that, like, her her clothes wear, like, a a very rich uh, fabric before it was, like... uh, Covered in blood and mud like it's, it is now, but uh, yeah, during the and battle. I mean they have uh, they have uh, like a temple with like a marble altar and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. or is yeah, that, we get it, we get I think we get too little of the of the Lazarine. Oh yeah, definitely culture and society to Winds say. Well, she Woo. she went back to to uh, like she could have gone to to some court where she is rich and well respected I and mean, she seems at least like very well respected if she's the kind of the, the high priestess of this uh, of this temple or something like that i assume that the same thing happened with her as like spoilers right like she must have been a slave originally yeah there is some like parale- parallels i guess. i don't think mary was a slave no. No, I don't think. But like you said, like how could she get to a shy otherwise if she lives no, from she, a poor city? No, she even says that like her mother was the god's wife of of this temple, yeah, and so she seems to basically come from a from a respected family in this Lazarine city, and uh, like went to. to oh yeah, study she went in caravan to a shy. You can just go to a shy. Damn. All right. I guess you can just go. <laughs> you can just go Why to a shy. Why can't we go? George, yeah, let us go to Ashai. George, let me in. Let me in, let me in. I mean, we can't go anywhere right now, so... Oh. Damn it. Damn, I wish I was in Ashai. I don't, it sucks there. <laughs> but you gotta be outside, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it does say everything, nothing is forbidden there. <laughs> also, it's like the purge, but every you day. Can, you can break every law. Yeah. All crime Damn, is legal. even the point of having the laws. All right, so should we get into, like, a Yeah, put spoiler the spoiler music discussion? on. Yeah, spoiler music. We should. We're at two hours 20. Do we have any more thoughts about this chapter? It sucks. I hate it. I think we got a lot of thoughts. We got, we got a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Out. Yeah. We talked about it for half an hour. Yeah. Pretty so. good. Alright, so what spoiler should we do first? What did we mention first? What's everyone's favorite spoiler from these chapters? <laughs> Alright, the first one I have is the thing about the fostering of the child. Uh-huh. Okay. I think my read on that is that it's seeding the rift between John Aaron and Lysa, basically. Yeah. So, like, the whole point of, like, oh, they said he was going to go to Stannis. Oh, they said he was going to go to Tywin, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter where he was going to go. It just shows, like, in all those scenes, we get that, like, Lysa's fucking pissed at John Aaron. Yeah. 
sense. Yeah, that makes. Sense. Yeah, my my thought to that was like, because the the Taiwan thing that was like Robert's idea, and the uh, the Stannis thing, thing was uh, was John Aaron's yeah. idea. So basically, yeah, whenever yeah. we hear about someone mentioning mentioning uh, John Aaron wanting to foster Robert with uh, with Stannis, that's gonna be like someone who heard it from. John Aaron, and that was like one of the things that made Liza want to kill him, yeah, like, or want to end and end it like as soon as possible, or, like, be like willing before to. his before her baby gets taken away. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It is. Yeah, saying it like that, it is kind of a Tyrion's trick situation of like whatever information you get is depending on who you heard it from. That's definitely yeah. true right. too. But um, I don't. I don't really think that Callan really understands that at this point. She's just like Tywin, Stannis. Yeah, she's not. She's just more, writing she's it down. More on for, her big, it's more for us. Her, her big board. Yeah, she's just collecting yeah, she, all the clues she can. Yeah. She yells contradiction in the courtroom, but then like can't think of anything <laughs> no, else. No, she to say she after loses that. health bar. Uh, for I I get it. Have Have you all like uh, gotten to the point where you just fucking uh, soft like quit the game? And then went back because I, I never. I accidentally got a game over. It made me so mad because I had to so... play like a whole day again. And there's. I'm bad and I just so cheat many, if I can't figure uh, it out. Parts in in Ace Attorney where I just I I know where's the where the contradiction is, but if I press at the wrong part, like at the wrong yeah, dialogue like point, finding or... the right statement to put it on. Yeah, or if there's like several evidences that both is in my opinion a contradiction but only one of them works at that point anyway hmm. yeah uh, i still haven't played these i just have gotten enough through osmosis to make jokes they're really, they're i really just fun. finished the second one it was good they're super cheap. i have not finished the second one because uh like the second yeah, game I've been because it's not animal crossing that good oh, yeah, <laughs> like i heard the last case the is really one. good but the first ones are kind of yeah i think they're okay i don't mind I get around. I heard the third There's one's one. There's one in the a circus, one, so. which I love. I love any circus. <laughs> you content. like the circus oh, really? one? I think a lot of I people like the hate circus. the circus one. That's the one the most people uh, most people say is the worst one. It's stupid, but I appreciate that there's a clown. There's a lot <laughs> of like red wedding seeding, and um, it's kind oh, of fun. obvious in yeah. the cat chapter. Anytime they say uh, Walter Frey, they followed up with, ah, he's not to be trusted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hmm. This shifty old man who never does what we want him to. The, even the thing about how he also has an, has allegiances with Tywin is already mm. brought up. So it's, yeah, pretty clear that if you don't do exactly any, everything exactly the way Walter wants to do, he'll just really easily cancel you out to Tywin. Well, he's completely controlled by his pride, so if you hurt his pride, then he'll just yeah. do something terrible. Yeah, and that whole thing about, like, he never joins the battle until it's, like, already won, so... Yeah, and Cat even implies that he would, like, break the whole visitor doctrine or whatever that thing is called when she's like, mm. oh, I'll go in, That's he would right. never hurt me unless it benefited him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would never. <laughs> he would never. Well, you only get guessed right, technically, if you feed the person, so... Yeah. You have to have salt and salt and water, or bread and salt. You gotta bread have a salt. You gotta have a snacky. You gotta have a snack. I mean, bread and salt's like the technical one. Does Catelyn not get a snacky? I don't think so. At this point, if she was smart. So, she would have asked for one. I feel like she would. 
Right. You like any food counts, but if you were like making a point of invoking the idea of gastroid, then you would like ask for bread and salt like they do later. Yeah. What if you had six pomegranates? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Then you have to stay there for six months out of the year, forever now. Oh man, we're gonna bring on somebody who knows about Greek myth because there's a lot of the like. If only there was uh, someone in Pigot Discord who knows <laughs> about Greek myth. Uh, is there like a chapter where the Greek myth thing becomes like really big? Because we can just book him for that one, I guess. Um, I'll have to see. Okay. But basically, like the Demeter and Persephone and and uh, shit. Uh, Hecate. Those three are basically like the Greek version of the triple goddess together. Of like Mother Maiden and Crone. Is it not Hecate? I don't know. It's Hecate, maybe. I don't know. This is good content. <laughs> we'll just pronounce things. Hecate. Ratitude. Tecate. Hecuba. <laughs> Hecate. Okay, okay. There was other myth stuff about the twins that you had written down somewhere. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, well, so the, speaking of the triple goddess, the, so the twins, um, they're, I mean, I don't know, I'll just come out and say it, they're the two moons. They're sitting astride the green fork. If you think, uh, George, like, he has Bloodraven talk about the weirwood as, like, sitting astride the, the river of time and not being moved by it, and that works as, because a weir, it can be, like, a bridge, too. It's like, you know, it's a structure that you build across a river to catch fish, but you can also just have it be a bridge at the same time. So, like, the fish is the green seer swimming through the river, but then it gets caught in the weir, which is the tree, and it can now access the tree's power of being outside of time. But the twins, you know, they like, they're the bridge, there's two of them. Um, she's describing the history whenever they built the bridge and they first built wooden like fortresses on either side but she says the timber had long since given way to stone and she's talking about how they eventually built stone castles on either side but weirwoods turn to stone you know if they die it takes like a thousand years for them to petrify and then they turn into stone so that i think is another like little supporting thing so rob here and his army are playing the role of the Lightbringer Comet. So his, his army splits in two, and then one half passes through the moons, and whenever it's doing that, it's described like a steel snake. Like a sword or a dragon. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I got it! Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the thing about it splitting in two is because there's another thing that happens. Whenever Tywin splits the sword ice in two... He's doing metaphor. Yeah, exactly. And Arya, whenever she sees the comet in Clash, she thinks that it looks like ice covered in her father's blood. And that, you know, ice then gets split in two. So there's like, these are two examples. There's probably a couple more that I can't think of right now, but of hints that the Lightbringer comet split in two before one half hit the moon. And the reason that's important is because we still need a comet for, you know to cause the next long night and hit into the other moon mm. wait a real comet and the real moon or a metaphor so uh, comet is egg no, no moon the is comet's egg. not an egg the comet is the sword yeah i mean i think it's gonna happen it could just be a metaphor but i don't really see the reason for like constructing this huge like 
parallel system of analogy and, and symbols for it to like not really do anything specific to the plot. But it does, Yeah, that makes sense. So right after they pass through the twins, um, Rob's army goes through the Whispering Wood, and then they fight Jamie in there. Uh, but the Whispering Wood itself can be like the Weirwood Net because it's, uh, you know, it's trees that are talking. That one's an easy one. I can get that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they're whispering, and that's like, whenever Osha was talking to Bran, they they were talking about how the wind was like whispering through the leaves and stuff. Um, whenever Azor High broke the moon and passed through it, it let him get into the Weirwood Net. And also it's Catelyn that like gets them passage through it. She like negotiates the passage through it for Rob. So Rob needed this like Weirwood Lady to be able to enter the realm of the gods basically mm-hmm. and act as act as the as the triple goddess the uh the one who's like responsible for life and death and rebirth and uh yeah there's also some fun imagery that uh whenever she goes in to the twins it's like daytime whenever she gets out to tell rob that she made the deal um it says the sun is swollen and red and it's like floating it's like yeah it's on the horizon it's swollen and red and, like, poisoned and about to die, basically. And then whenever he's passing, whenever the army is passing through, um, it's nighttime by them and a horned moon is in the sky. And it's also reflect. it, it says a horned moon floated on the water at evenfall whenever they're passing through. So that stuff means something, but that's a, I can't, yeah. like. Like a horned moon, like a horned man, like a man, mm. a moon man. Horny man. A man of the moon. <laughs> Jim Carrey. <laughs> I have just developed a new theory. Okay. Uh, and it's it's kind of a conspiracy theory, I guess. But I think George's original plan, like in when he wrote the first draft or in the first book, I guess, was that uh, when Danny goes sicko mode in a Dream of Spring, mm-hmm. he already knew about that. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna fly with her dragon into the twins. And then, oh. and now he's like scrambling because it's gonna be too insensitive, like post two thousand one. Like as at this point, it's it's been so long that it would be insensitive anymore. Listen, dragon fire can't melt stone. <laughs> actually, I think, I think it literally shit. can. Dragon yeah. fire does yeah, it actually melt. can. You're Still right. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just like to point out. Uh, I, I just like to say that. People still say hashtag never forget, so I don't know. You can't just go forgetting. <laughs> you can't just forget. Um, there was like one other spoiler that I mentioned I was gonna bring up regarding the John chapter, which is like kind of a heartbreaking part where John's like, Oh, my dad, he has honor, but he also loves his family. And then he's like, Oh, but, but he still fathered me a bastard. And what about my mother? Where's the honor in oh, that? so sad. But yeah. he's like, yeah. he won't even say my mother's name. Mm. And I'm like, he's saying yeah. your mom's name all the time. It's his favorite name. <laughs> yeah. What of his duty to her, he says. And it's like, bro, he's doing it. I wish he could He know. actually doesn't even know how deep it is of him to say that. Because, like, yeah. Yeah. Ned's duty to Liana is, like, the one thing that's conflicting him. All the time. It's like, I mean, it's his love to her more than, like, his duty to everyone else. So that like is Ned's conflict. I mean, it's both. Yeah. I think it. Do you think it's it's a bit weird that he didn't name 
one of his daughters after, after Tiana, Tiana when he named like yeah. I think he just can't even he's just not yeah. processed it. He just can't even say her name. I mean he named his sons after uh after his brothers. I always kinda thought that uh Catelyn pretty much named the kids by herself. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I wonder if he thought it would be I don't know, he felt like because John was the one connected to her mm. that I mm. don't know. Yeah, and it is I mean, like it's. It seems pretty normal to like name your kids after your dead relatives, but I think he just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. has been so traumatized. By yeah, it I think he it's just yeah, he can't. It. Uh, yeah, maybe he's worried that Robert will try and marry them. <laughs> <laughs> where where does like Arya and Sansa come from? Like that's that's mm. nothing, right? That's just names. They're just names, yeah. So- yeah, I think we don't get any other characters with these names, right? Yeah, like any mm, lore no. characters or something. No. Because John is like the most common name in the world, like even in Westeros. Yeah. Besides water, I guess. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the artificially inflated numbers of water. Water should not Waters. have been counted. Yeah, but like Hoda was also water. Yeah. Wait, That's was true. that in the show or was that in the. No, I think. What if John was actually. What if John's real name was actually Walder? Walder Targaryen. <laughs> That's what Liana had named him. Walder Dane. Yeah. <laughs> Walder Dane. <laughs> Walder Never Dane. say the curse name to me of Walder Dane. <laughs> I am thinking about it. <laughs> Stop thinking right now. Stop. <laughs> I'm just going to type the words Walder Dane into good book spoilers and let everyone think just, just into the into the book club just for as a little sneak peek i had a little more i wanted to say about the twins which is i think that it's obviously it has to be related to cersei and jamie metaphorically and emmanuel said i was wrong but they're the twins that's true well can you give me anything else besides that one point i just think there's, that there's a connection between them yeah they're both right. the twins so metaphorically Things that you separate. say about the twins should also be true about the other twins. They're connected, but there's a river between them. So it's mm-hmm. like, superficially, they seem connected. But in actuality, there's a big gulf. Like, that's a big difference. There's, isn't there also a smaller tower in the middle of the bridge? That's Tyrion. That's Tyrion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For standing between the twins. Yeah. I think we aren't. Manuel just won't admit that Jamie is a moon. Or we, or we have been podcasting for three hours and our brains are deflating. <laughs> we finally <laughs> ascended. Now I want to talk about Jormor Month's Crow Raven. Oh, That's yeah. Okay, thing. yeah. This thing has a man in it. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> There's a man right? living in this oh, bird. <laughs> this bird is a man. And he doesn't get to eat corn when he's in his That's big tree, and he's very hungry for it. <laughs> or it could be any like any other skin changer who like got stuck yeah, in it. Yeah, it's Blood Raven. Blood Raven is in that Raven. Yeah, that's the obvious answer. Even, I mean, Gior tells John to take the sword, and the bird is like, "Take it, take it, take, take it. it." Yeah, yeah, like it, Blood Raven really wants John to have a fucking Valyrian steel sword, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Or maybe just like Pippa told us, skin changers and said, "Yeah, take the sword, John. <laughs> we want to see it." The sword, the sword, the sword. What if Toad was a skin changer? And he skin <laughs> he turns into a toad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the 
the, one of the worst game changing abilities i think <laughs> if you're if you're a fucking spirit animal is a toad that's what that's what the the bog people do the fucking reeds yeah, yeah exactly. skin change the toads. no they're they have lizard lions oh that's true which sounds which sounds pretty cool <laughs> I just can only think of the fucking X-Men scene where uh, Storm is like, yeah. you want to know what happens to a toad that gets struck by lightning? By lightning? <laughs> what? <laughs> the same thing that happens to everything else. I'm yeah. so excited to meet the reeds. That's like next Hell book, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Me too. That's nice. Ready for them to yeah. be paced. No, don't eat the reeds. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat the boy. I just like to say Jojen paste. It's a disease. It's it's a good disease to have. <laughs> I guess the one last thing I want to say about the, the crows eating corn is that Bran very specifically says that the crows that live at the tower where he's lived his whole life do like to eat corn. So yeah. they also have the same man in them. Thank mm. you. Or <laughs> crows just eat whatever you feed them. This crow really wants corn though. The crows, the crows has a man in it. You must admit this. There's definitely a man in it. Wait, what if it's like that Stephen King book? The, the Children of the Corn. The Children of the, the Crow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that one. What happens in it? I don't know. I don't know it either. I thought some, maybe know, someone of you have more info <laughs> there's spooky. There's spooky children that take over the children. Yeah, it's a spooky like children's story. A classic spooky yeah. children's story. It's like a cult What if they want the band Corn? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wants, Raven really wants you to play he, corn. He just wants to listen to corn and they just feed him corn all the time. He's, he, sees, he sees John's whole aesthetic and he's like, you know corn. Yeah. <laughs> play corn for me. <laughs> hey, do you, hey, do you know the band Corn? They're pretty obscure. I hate that band. <laughs> I only know the that one song where he's like, one part. <laughs> It's pretty good in like Nielsen's Ergo music yeah. whenever he uses that, but no other time. Alright, there's something, there's like a, an idea that I've toyed with before that, but I'm not super like sure about it and I don't really know. Is it that Song of Ice and Fire and Twilight crossover podcast? Yeah. I think You're I've signing on. You're it. finally signing on. We've I've, been trying you know, to get I've been you. mulling it over in my mind. Uh, just can't stop thinking about uh, <laughs> what if Edward from Twilight. Edward Tully. Yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so the the whole like scene with Ogo. And then Drogo attacking the Lazarine. And Fogo. Don't forget Fogo. Yeah. Dude. And Fogo. <laughs> yep. And who could forget dear Fogo? That sounds like that Kinda sounds Fomo, like yeah. a fucking like comedy troupe. Dro- Drogo, Ogo, and Fogo. That's like Ooh. some... Yeah. It's a more obs- obscure guy. Like, kind of like the Three Stooges, but uh, like nobody heard of them. But George like wanted to throw in a little nod to them. Anyway... <laughs> The Lazarine, their language is described as sing-song a couple of times. They're, like, peaceful people, you know, they're vegetarians, I guess. But specifically the sing-song part, the name for the children of the forest that they call themselves is those who sing the song of Earth. So 
I think the Lazarine could be being used to symbolize the children of the forest, and then Ogo would be like the would-be Azora High figure who is kind of like um, Viserys or Dantos, who like tries to be Azora High but doesn't make it and ends up being part of the real Azora High sacrifice, uh, which would be Drogo, who like comes in, he starts, you know, they start killing all the children of the forest, and then the one, and then they try to like get some help or some some kind of healing or whatever f- from Miramazder, which would be like she is a pretty obvious crone figure, and for a ch- child of the forest, it would be like, you know, the old crone figure, like probably like I don't know, I'm kind of making up some shit, and this is why like I'm not really like <laughs> sold on this idea. I'm listening and I'm nodding. Uh huh. Yeah. But so. If, the child children of the forest have like this crone figure i'm assuming that she would be like somebody who links people up to the trees because the crone is the the old woman is the one who guides you through death and death transformation so that would be like hooking you up to the tree and turning you into a green seer so that's what miriam Azdur does for drogo he like she leads her him through death and she fucking rules for it but also like you know she puts them into this like kind of catatonic state and it's um it's pretty similar to the way we see the children of the forest in brand's chapter that are also that are in the other like weirwood thrones Mm -hmm. they're like they're not really there like their eyes follow you a little bit and they'll kind of respond a little uh to you but they don't they're in they're basically like in a coma which is what drogo ends up like I mean, that's not really what a coma is, but okay. All right, fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's a coma, but he's sleepwalking. I mean, I always read the thing that happened to Drogo as, like, his soul is gone, but his body is animated. Right, yeah. So he's kind of like a white, but not not walking around a very a very shitty white well the the whites the what the working theory is that the whites are like dead bodies that have been warged right well i think they they have Uh, their souls in there yeah still but they're also being controlled by another spirit like a a children of the forest spirit right or like something like that yeah i do think that they're being controlled it's like it's like whenever bran works hodor and hodor is like shoved into the little corner yeah yeah exactly but he's still there but they're also dead but their souls are still in there yeah so the only the only bodies we see that i think don't have souls in them is whenever somebody's skin changes like bran he leaves his body his soul does but the person he works into, their soul still stays in there. Yeah. Um, the only body without a soul is a green seer's body whenever they're busy skin changing. Hmm. So that's what I'm saying with Drogo and these child of the forest people that are in the uh, Weirwood Thrones. They're not there because they're in the tree. Drogo's not there. He's symbolically like a green seer now, I would say. But obviously, it's more like he's just a... He died, basically, but his body is still living, like you said. But point is, is that Miriam Mazder acts as a psychopomp for Drogo. And and she also acts as, you know, the, like, midwife, too. So she's, she's like, the, you know, she's... Uh, you know she's a fucking yeah i mean it's, witch, it's, like. it's passing from life and death on both sides yeah yeah she's she's basically the like what the triple goddess like was the goddess of which was like the wise woman who does all these different things so the point is is that she also went to a shy which um 
normal. Yeah, and the idea, I think the like general idea is that the Bloodstone Emperor went to Westeros and stayed there and died there, and whether or not he went into the tree or not. But um, and I, it's possible that he brought Children in the Forest back to Ashai because there's this thing about him taking a, a tiger woman for a wife, and the Children of the Forest have the cat eyes. But point is, is that it there's a link between her and Ashai. And that whatever that link might be, I think it could be an echo of the ancient link between the Children of the Forest and Ashai. But but Ashai, Ashai isn't E.T. Well, I think it used to be... E.T. is like the what's left over of the Great Empire of the Dawn, but it used to be that Ashai was the capital of the Great Empire of the Dawn. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I mean, that's the guess. It's never... Uh, it's e- not e. canon. E.T. is like the, the area around it like uh, right now, right? It's north oh, um, like of north, it. There's... Northwest? Yeah, northwest oh, of it. It's near-ish. Like, I could believe that they were historically linked. Yeah, it's near-ish, and it... I mean, there's videos you can look up on, <laughs> and stuff that talk about this, but uh, the gist of it is is that this is... Ashai is the biggest fucking city in the world, and it's enormous. Like, it dwarfs any other of the largest cities, and you would need a giant-ass empire to build it, and the only one around at the time is the Great Empire of the Dawn. So hmm. We're over three hours here, and... Please, I'm dying. <laughs> Damn it, I said this one was gonna For be short. Three chapters. Yeah. Let's, I think I'm done. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> it looks like we got all my notes, unless anyone has anything else they wanna say. Oh, since it was mentioned in John's chapter about Heron the Black and Aegon, this could be a thing where it's another example of an Azor High figure just like roasting the fuck out of another like would be Azor High figure whenever Aegon burns the fuck out of Harrenhal. So that would that's like Drogo killing Fogo. But anyway, I'm not like sure about all this yet. But anyway. A lot of it sounded good. <laughs> hmm. I was nodding all the time. I definitely, definitely agree Me that too. the Lazarine and the Children of the Forest are being conflated. Yeah, I, I tend to think so too. And later Danny makes an alliance with them after she's become Queen of Marine. But other than that, we don't have a whole lot of info about them. But... Yeah, we got any plugs or anything? Sure, please check out the Age of Pods. We our newest episode is it's about Decatur, uh, Chicago, and Casimir Pulaski Day, and it's probably my favorite episode we've recorded so far. So if you only want to check out one episode, please go with that one. We got uh, we got on a guest who has been to both Decatur and Chicago, and has uh, <laughs> so he can relate some stories about those places. We got a man on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> He's seen Chicago. <laughs> Please listen to my podcast about Scooby-Doo. It is called Fred Says Fuck slash Fred Says Funk, and it's fun. Um, and we got a thousand listens, which was Yay. fun, and I made some great art for it. Oh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, fuck Jorah. Fuck Tywin. Fuck Jorah, dude. Oh my god, I hate Jorah. It's so bad. Oh. Fuck Jora. Oh, wait, um, I had to say that in voice, didn't I? Fuck Jora! That was not <laughs>